This is a post-Christian podcast. Welcome to the Revolution Church Podcast. Good morning, everyone. This is Brian. Um, Hope everyone's doing well today. I think we have better lighting um, than we did last week. I went to the store and got some... uh, Got some new lights, so hopefully that helps a little bit. Um, just going to talk for a few minutes before I get into my sermon. I just hope everyone is doing well out there in wherever part of the world you're at. Um, I know here in Minneapolis, St. Paul, the Twin Cities area, it is super, super cold. Um, I don't know people all the time. I know Caleb and other people would say, hey, you know what? You guys always talk about the weather in Minnesota. Well, you know what? We always do talk about the weather because we have very, I would say, spastic spastic weather. Um, last week, I want to say last week, it was 70. Uh, nice out. People were in shorts. They were bike riding around the lake. Then Tuesday, it dropped 60 degrees, I think. Well, maybe not 60. That would be too much. But it dropped 40 degrees. And then we got snow on Tuesday. Then we got snow again on Thursday. And now it's in the 40s. And the snow is melting like crazy. So, yeah, I'm not going to apologize about complaining about our winter weather because our winter weather is not fun at all. Um, anyone, for people who are watching, whether live or they come in on tune in later and watch this leave a comment on our page or in our uh, private group if we could do anything better with lighting um i'm looking into getting one of those circular lights um that i know jay and cable uses for revolution but it's kind of we have an old apartment we don't have as many plugins or light switches or extension cords so if you can't see us perfectly i think you know it's pretty well but just let us know any kind of audiovisual stuff that um, we could work better on, and that would be fantastic. Um, also, want to say that you know I'm not going to give recommendations, but I am going to give recommendations right now. Kind of, if anybody listens to Sacred Collective, we know we talk about recommendations. But if anybody has some free time, which I know some people, whoever, wherever you listen, you might be on a lockdown. Like I know in Britain, there's a lockdown. I think in Switzerland, there's a lockdown. If you have Disney Plus, I would highly recommend watching this. And if you don't, just get Disney Plus because it's fantastic. But Disney Plus has, and I'm a huge Star Wars fan. I love Star Wars. Anybody who knows me knows that anything Star Wars I love. They actually have uh, the Clone Wars, which is through, like, kind of, it's interspersed between, like, episodes one, two, and three. And it's super cool. It's animated. They're only 20-minute episodes, but it's there's like seven episodes, seven seasons that are like 20 episodes long a piece. So I'm in it for the long haul. Um, Curtis is off mic here. So if you see that I'm looking over, it's not that I'm just talking to a ghost. I'm talking to Curtis and Curtis can't thank Curtis enough for being here um, every Sunday to help me. Um, he does the comments and um, kind of like my right hand man. So thank you, Curtis yeah. for, for helping out. Um, so yeah, watch <clears throat> watch that for Star Wars. It's really really good. Um and there's a lot of family stuff on there too. 
for if you have any little kiddos or, you know, if you're a child at heart and you want to watch it, it's fantastic too. Um, the, the other thing is there's a band that I've been absolutely obsessed with since I saw them in concert um, in Minneapolis back in January, and they're called uh, Holy Fawn. They're this group based out of Phoenix, Arizona. Um, it's really hard to describe what their music is. It's kind of like a plethora of, if you know, like shoegazy music, um, if you kind of know who Starflyer 59 is, they're kind of like Starflyer 59, uh, melodic, like melodic grungy, and then like post-hardcore. Um, so there's a little bit of screaming, there's a little bit of singing, there's a little bit of that, like, I don't know, shoegazy type music in there. So it's really fascinating, uh, really, like when I go and pick up Curtis, like I just listen to it and it just kind of puts me in this chill, chill mode, uh, chillaxing, I would say. So it's pretty, pretty cool and pretty fun, uh, pretty interesting. So check those guys out. I think they're putting a new album out sometime in 2021. So that band's name is Holy Fawn. It's really fantastic. Once again, I'll say uh, I live in an old apartment. So if you hear some creaking um, on the floors, we have hardwood floors. And our building that we live in is like 120 years old. So I apologize for that. Um, if you're listening and you're like, what is that squeaking? It's our floor. We Maybe we have a demon or a ghost in our apartment. I don't know. It could be. Um, anyway, um, uh, to get at it, um, when I was thinking of something to talk about today for revolution and kind of piggybacking off a little bit of the talk that I did last week, um, this anxiousness, this anxious kind of that word came into my head. So I want to talk about why are we anxious and I'm not going to give, um, this super deep psychological, you know, wikipedia account of anxiety or anxiousness or anything like that but just and i'm going to read a scripture verse that talks about anxiety and tell you kind of like my um kind of my frustration with it yes i'm a pastor and i actually have frustrations with scripture because you know when when you read scripture it doesn't you don't always have to agree with it you can make you think in certain ways you can gravitate towards it you you might not so i'm going to read that and kind of just explain um my issues that i have with that so um talking about the anxiety the anxiousness we feel i i I would it would behoove me to tell some of the own anxieties that i go through and then my struggles um before i kind of get into the the I don't know, the crux of what I wanted to talk about. But growing up, I anybody who knows me knew I grew up in the evangelical church, in the evangelical world. And something that they always tell you in the evangelical world is not to, pretty much not to worry, give it to God, just give it to Jesus. You know, if something's going on in your life, you know, go to the altar, um, people lay hands on you, blah, 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 that whole thing. And, but they never told you like if you struggled with anxiety if you had depression if you had negative thoughts it was always like oh there's something inside of you that's like blocking you from being free from whatever and obviously science psychologists doctors of all you know of all sides or all accounts will say no there's something 
something inherently inside of all of us that that we, we all struggle with that and my doctor my my own personal doctor every year I go in um, she'll ask me hey Brian how's your anxiety because I've had I've struggled with anxiety for for years but my anxiety which is different from other people uh, is you know it could be in panic attacks too it can you know some people might have panic attacks that's based out of anxiety um, mine is situational anxiety. I don't have anxiety most of the time, but there's certain situations that arise in my life that cause me a great deal of anxiety. Um, so for instance, uh, money, money is a huge thing that I'm always anxious about that. I have really bad anxiety over. It used to be to the point where it was so crippling and debilitating where I would be like, Oh my gosh. Like, and my wife laughs at me because when we first got together, if I had a, under $100 in my bank account, I thought I was poor. I thought I had no money. Um, and that was kind of told by my family, like, make sure you always have this buffer. Um, and then now, if I have $10 in my bank account, and I know I get paid two days later, and all of our bills, we all have food on the table, where then I'm, I don't have that anxiety. But, th- you know, there's times where every one of us who does a budget or we how we pay our bills and all that stuff, like, if you're like, oh... I'm a hundred dollars short. There's that anxiety of instantly in my head. I'm like, where am I going to get that money? Are we going to have our power shut off? Are we going to have enough money to put food on the table for the family? So I get really bad anxiety with that. I, I also, um, I've struggled and have kind of anxiety, self doubt, and I hate using the word, but calling, um, what I wanted to do with my life. I mean, growing up, as a young kid, I wanted to be a baseball player. I wanted to be a construction worker. I wanted to be a musician, all these things. But then when I really under, when I really knew that I wanted to be in like a pastor and be in ministry, you know, I went to college and then after college, I don't know, I wasn't part of the assemblies of God anymore. So I walked away from, from that. And then I was like, well, Hmm, I should go to seminary because I love learning. I love reading. I love writing papers, which is kind of really weird. Who likes writing papers? And, reading all these theology books, but I'll, I'll say that I do. Um, then I got out of seminary, and then I was like, hey, you know, I want to be a, a, a professor, because I have a cousin who's a professor and some really close friends of mine who um, are professors. And then I kind of I co-taught a class at the college where I went for a couple weeks, and after that I was like, I don't think I want to do this, because knowing that I was a college-age person just a few years ago, a lot of kids in that class, it was about us both spiritual formation. I was like, hmm, this isn't for me. And so then after seminary, I, wanted, I went on and did doctoral work, which was really fun. And I don't know if we talked about this, but I actually, for my doctoral work, interviewed Jay Baker, our beloved Jay Baker. So that was fun and interesting. But And then I went into the United Church of Christ. That was, I actually found out about that church and that denomination through actually a friend who I went to seminary with, even though I went to a really conservative seminary, there was a lot of, at that time, there was a lot of um, ecumenical differences. So there was Catholics, there was Presbyterians, there was Lutherans, UCCers, um, as long as, it, and you even had like Baptists and Pentecostals and Covenant people. So it was really kind of a cool of this hodgepodge um, group of people that were there. So, however, I found out about the UCC there, and... You know, kind of that kind of made me dive into wanting to be in the pastorate and and do that. And so I found a church. My wife and I found a church. Jumped in there. You know, got our whole feet wet. 
And I'm still a member of that church to this day, but I've walked back a lot of what I have done. And that gave me a lot of anxiety because I'm a person, if anybody knows me, I'm super organized. I'm super, you know, I was telling Curtis on the way over, I have to, you know, cross my T's and dot the I's. I'm just, I have to have things in an order, you know, order form. And if I don't, then I get really anxious about it. And then even with my calling, you know, like I said, I hate using that word. I wish there was a better a better uh, phrase I could use. But for the sake of using that Christianese language, I apologize. I'm going to say calling. And that gave me a lot of, of anxiety, a lot of, of um, just mixed emotions and thoughts. And, and like I've said on Sacred Collective podcast, I've said even on um, the Revolution Church MN, which I think it's going to be the Seattle. Anyway, Jay's and Caleb's stream um, said, you know, walking, I walked back from that. I, I, I stopped being part of the of that um, pastoral denominational background because I just realized doing stuff like revolution like this is something that I, I, I love and I've always wanted to do. So it took many years, seven, eight years of that anxiousness, of that um, struggling with self-doubt, self-worth, uh, of understanding what that was. Um, and then also, um, I don't know if, if I've said this on on the podcast that I host or throughout, you know, preaching at revolution. But another thing that gave me really bad anxiety is back in 2005. So 15 years ago, I lost my father. Um, he died, um, from a heart attack and it was at a church I was actually interning at, um, when I was still Pentecostal and yes, I mean, I had self-doubt, self-worth. I was frustrated I I was angered, I was frustrated, you know, any kind of negative emotion you can have. Um I I struggled and I dealt with that. But then I had that anxiety in there even from that um to to then everything kind of came to a head not just that my father died. So there was obviously I was mad. I was you know, I was going through grief and suffering. Um you know, I, I was an alcoholic for a year. Um, I can appreciate drinking now, but I've had I had counseling and help from pastors and and loved ones. Um, I was really I was in a bad bad spot, and so and I just had that anxiety of, you know, I was scared to get married. I was get scared to even propose to my wife because I was like, well, what if I die? What if I die of a heart attack? What if I die in a car accident and some freak thing happened? You know, I don't, and that made me not want to have kids really because I was like, well, I'm afraid to, I don't want to be, because my dad died when I was 21. It's like, I don't want to live and have a family and then for me to die, you know, unexpectedly. So I had anxiety with all of that. So I'm not trying to say in this conversation, in this talk that, we can't have anxiety because I think anxiety is a fundamental thing that every single human being deals with. And I'm not even going to say the word struggle, but I think it's just something that we as humans, regardless of your faith, religion, gender, we, we all, we all struggle with it. We all, we all, it can not consumes us. That's the wrong word at all. It, it's just, it like, it's like this weight on your back that you have, that we have, um, that this anxiety and you know as i labeled this talk why are we anxious like i said it's more of an open-ended question 
fill in the blank for why ever, however you're anxious, why you're anxious. Um, this isn't something I, this talk isn't going to be one of those things where I'm going to give you a play by play or bullet point of like, this is how you get over anxiousness. This is how you overcome anxiety. But I think that this is a, I'm not going to say a safe space because it might not be for some people, but it's going to be, this is a conversation where I want to say like, let's talk about anxiety. Let's talk about anxiousness because so often a lot of us who are a part, part of this revolution church community, we never had the opportunity to um, deal with talking about anxiety, talking about anxiousness. If you did, you couldn't talk about it openly in the church. You maybe had to go talk to the, uh-oh. Hello? Hello? Is that live? No. Hang on. Seems like this is delayed. Hmm? But it, it says live. Can oh. you, anybody hear me out there still? Should I start it over? It seems like it's still working. Can it, can anybody? Oh yeah, they can. Someone just said they can hear you. Okay. I mean, if you guys can still hear me, that's. Oh, okay. If you guys can still hear me on the screen that I'm looking at on my computer, it just went black and said, "Sorry, we're having trouble playing this video." Um, so if you guys can still hear me and see me, great. I'm just looking into a blank screen. <laughs> so if I'm uh, if I'm a little skittish, sorry, I'm not looking at myself talking, but I'm just looking at a blank screen. Anyway, thank you that you guys are all there. It's just the wonderful things of technology yeah. when something goes a little off, uh, kind of sucks. So anyway, uh, Curtis is looking is following Revolution, um, the stream live, so I'll look to him if anybody has questions or, or replies. So after all that, I'm sorry, I'm kind of like 18, 20 minutes in, um, not to try to saddle you with my background or, or whatever, but I'm just saying it for the point of we all have that anxiety. We all have that anxiousness um, in life, and it's okay. It's okay to talk to one another about it. Talk to me if you want to. If you're someone, if I'm your pastor or someone you look at as someone who um, you want to say that to, say it to me because I never had that many people growing up that I could confide in. And And so reach out to me, reach out to... Um, Jay or Caleb, you know, I know that they would talk to people if you're more comfortable with them or talk about, or have a close friend or, or, or a mentor. If you have a counselor or a therapist, confide in them about it. It's just get, get the help and talk to the people that you need. As I did say, there's a scripture verse that I want to read, um, that talks about anxiousness and, um, it's, it's a love hate relationship that I have with this scripture verse. And yes, as I said, um, I don't look at the scriptures as something um, that you have to, I don't believe in, I'm not a literalist. I don't think the Bible's inerrant or infallible. Um, I, I believe the Bible's authoritative, meaning I, the Bible's authoritative if you give it authority in your life. If you don't and you think it's just a good book of of things to live by, take it as you want. I'm not here to tell you how to understand or interpret the Bible. But the scripture verse I want to read is Matthew 6, um, verses 25. And I'm not going to read the whole kind of like story or kind of like um, parable with this, but just 
this scripture verse and how kind of my frustration with it is Matthew 6.25. Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body and what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? And that that to me, reading that, just that scripture, that one scripture, Matthew 6.25, I feel like it makes life too simplistic. I feel that um, I was telling Curtis before we started recording, uh, it's just way too simplistic of a view, I feel. It's way, it's way, um, all of us, you know, look at, you know, yes, I have, like I was telling Curtis, we have, I have clothes in my closet. My daughter has clothes. My wife has clothes. We have food in, in our pantry. We have food in our refrigerator and freezer. And, and, I'm not worried about that, but I don't think that scripture really dives into the nitty gritty of what a lot of us are struggling with. Like it could be money. It could be relationships could be this election. It could be your job. It could be your connection with your family or friends and whatever makes you anxious. And so I don't know. My frustration with it is it's, it's too simplistic. And I think there's some, parts of scriptural i read it and it like hits me in the gut like yes i totally needed to hear that yes this is something that's really true something that's really um i don't know that just is that hits me kind of right in the heart and was like yes that's so that's so factual to me but this when i was kind of coming up with something about anxiousness or anxiety and i was looking through you know scriptures that that could help me talk about this i i just remembered reading this and i was like well this is kind of bull to me, where, you know, the gospel writer of Matthew, I was like, did he go through crap? Did he go through issues? And obviously he probably did, but I, I just, I, I just, I, I don't know. I guess I'm going to read, you know, a couple verses down um, from Matthew 6.25, and it says, Look at the birds of the air, ne- um, they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they and which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? And why are you so anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown in the oven, will they not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore, do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your Heavenly Father knows that you need them all. So, still, even reading that, like when I was younger, uh, like a teenager, when I wasn't paying all the bills on my own, uh, or in a family unit like Amanda and I are, you know, I read that and I was like, Oh yeah, why am I going to worry about you know, money. What, you know, why am I going to worry about clothes? Because God's going to protect me. I'm just going to say this prayer. I'm going to, you know, pray three times a day or, you know, every day and read my Bible. And I'm going to do these good things. And God's going to protect me. God's going to give me the food that I need every day. God's going to give me the clothes that are on my back. I'm going to get this job. And it's so funny. I always joke with people, excuse me. And they're like, oh, I have a job interview, Brian. Um, Pray for me that I get it. And I'm always looking at them. I'm like, why should I pray for you to get a job? Like, I hope you get it. But 
if there's like 30 other people applying and they're praying to God to get it, then you're saying, God, I'm more favored that I'm going to get this job than these other 29 people. So I don't know, just reading that portion of the scripture is like, that actually, (laughs) kind of funny, it actually gives me anxiousness, it actually gives me anxiety reading that, because I'm like, yes, I do believe in God, but my belief in God isn't like he's this divine magic genie that I rub this, like, you know, it's kind of like going back to Aladdin, that, that great animated Disney movie of, you know, when, when, um, what's his name? The character from Aladdin. Anybody help me? Um, I can always just think of Street Rat. Anybody listening? What's his name? Crap! I don't know the answer. Well, I think it is. Is it just Aladdin? His name is Aladdin? I think. think Yes. I think it's just Aladdin. I'm saying his name as the title, and it's probably his name. Anyway... But I don't look at Jesus or God as that where we just like, oh, God, give me money. Okay, and God's going to give me a money. Or God, give me this job. I'm not saying praying about it. You know, and I always tell people, praying is more, I think, for the person. It makes them feel better. I don't, I don't think God is like, you have to pray to me 15 times a day. And if you don't pray to me 15 times a day, then, you know, you know, you got a, like a lower notch in your belt or you're in a lesser part of heaven or whatever. But like I said, reading that portion of the scripture gives me that anxiety of, of you know, it's life is so much more than that. Life is so much more uh, uh, than the clothing on your back, the food on your table, uh, a roof over your head. Those are obviously, those are some of the three basic necessities. But, and it's not that I don't, personally for me, it's not that I don't trust God can help me. But I am one of those kind of people, the older I've gotten in my life, in my own maturity, and just being a human living in this place called Earth and life and in America, is that I know that I have a good head on my shoulders. God created me with a brain, and he created me with working arms and legs where I can go out and get a job. I can go out, and if I don't have a job that pays me enough money as I need, I can therefore go get a job that I can get the money that I do need. I'm not saying there's just not anxiety that goes with that, but reading that scripture, I, I it, it's too simplistic. It gives me anxiousness and anxiety reading it. Um, so for me personally, I'm not saying anyone who's listening to throw that portion, portion of scripture out or check it out. I'm not going to say that at all because I do think uh, we as people who whether you call yourself a Christian or not, um, you can read that and say, yeah, I really, I think I gravitate towards that. That works for me. If that is you, fantastic, great, keep doing it. But for me, as someone who actually is a pastor, someone who's went through seminary, that's just something that, something that I can't really get behind. Um, so that's a hot take. Brian doesn't like, um, Matthew six twenty five through, through whatever. Um, anyway, but that was a kind of a lot of what I was going to talk about. The one thing I wanted to say um, is I'm a huge fan. I'm a huge uh, adherent to um, medicine. Um, like I've said, I was on I was on medicine for two or three years. I forgot um, uh, the medicine I was on was trazodone. I don't know if any of you out there who've who've dealt with anxiety, uh, trazodone was this medicine that was a lifesaver for me. 
I, I, I've been a shift worker most of my life. And so I, I worked overnights for three years. And anybody who's worked overnights knows that your sleep pattern gets all jacked up and, and messed up. And I had extreme, extreme panic attacks to the point of, you know, being crippling. And I mean, I even remember telling my wife at one time um, towards the end of that job where I was like, I'm in a bad spot. I, not that I, I, I would say I had suicidal ideation um, because I just couldn't handle I couldn't deal with that stress, that anxiety. Um, so, of course, that scripture verse, I did read it back then, and that did not give me, <laughs> that did not give me any solace or, or um, help. But, yeah, I... I medicine, talk to your doctor, um, talk to your therapist, a counselor. I'm a huge fan of that. I'm not saying scripture can't be something that helps people, but I'm a huge, huge fan of um, using the medicine, using the resources that are there. Um, One thing I'm going to start trying to do more in my life is just meditating. Um, Because a lot of times when I, I, when I, to be brutally honest, um, a lot of times when I pray or read the Bible, it's just this vacantness I feel like in my body. Not that I don't think God's not moving or working maybe in my life or in my family's life. But I don't know. It's just kind of that vacantness. And and I've known when I'm kind of in that quiet place and I'm in that solitude and I'm in that quietness that that um, it really does help me. Um also, like I know, it's, I'm not trying to say download this app, but I've I've used it before, and I'm probably going to download it again. It's the Calm app on on the App Store. If you have i like an iPhone, I'm sure if you have an Android or something else, there's something like that too. But it's just this Calm app where uh, there's you know there's meditations you can do, and they're not religious, but just meditations you can do. There's quiet like orchestral music, something that just kind of brings your you know all your thoughts and ideas that you can just kind of have it being the solitude being in this quietness so i'm a huge fan of that meditation um i do have a good rapport with my doctor if i ever need to reach out to her or her nurse so that's always been there um one thing i do want to read um that has helped me um a lot through the years is a book. I'm going to hold it up, even though I can't see it. But if anybody else can see it, I'm looking at myself on this delay. Um, called The Dance of Life, uh, Weaving Sorrows and Blessings into One Joyful Step. And the author is Henry Nowen. And Henry Nowen was, he's passed away many, many years ago. But he his main job was, he was a Catholic. Um, I don't know if he was a priest or a Catholic worker. But he... Um, worked, I think, in Canada at the La Arche community, which was um, was like a community um, of people who had like developmental disabilities, physical disabilities. Um, and he's just written a lot of books on, on kind of um, on grief, doubt, end of life things. And uh, this this one is, I think, if I could leave you with some positive comments, I'll leave you with this. And it's the section that he wrote called Being and Worth. A life without a lonely place, that is, a life without a quiet center, easily becomes destructive. 
when we cling to the results of our actions as our only way of self-identification, then we become possessive and defensive and tend to look at our fellow human beings more as enemies to be kept at a distance than friends with whom we share gifts of life. In solitude, we can slowly unmask the illusion of our possessiveness and discover in the center of our own self that we are not what we can conquer, but what is given to us. In solitude, we can listen to the voice of him who spoke to us before we could speak a word, who healed us before we could make any gesture to help, who set us free long before we could free others, and who loved us long before we could give love to anyone. It is in this solitude that we discover that being is more important than having, and that we are worth more than the result of our efforts. In solitude, we discover that our life is not a possession to be defended, but a gift to be shared. It is there we recognize that the healing words we speak are not just our own, but are given to us, that the love we can express is part of a greater love, and that the new life we bring forth is not a property to cling to, but a gift to be received. In solitude, we become aware that our worth is not the same as our usefulness. Not saying you have to agree with every word that Henry Nouwen said, but I, when I was looking through some sort of other thing besides me just talking about this, I think those words that Henry Nouwen said were really good, uh, that quietness. And why I picked that was it's kind of more expressing being in that solitude, being in that quiet place. And when you're in that solitude, when you're in that quiet place, not saying your anxiety is going to weigh, but maybe you can take the the buzzing and the craziness and the hecticness and chaoticness of life and kind of bring it to the middle and just kind of um, d- dumb it down a little bit or not dumb it down, but dull it down a little bit. Um, and maybe that can can help you. As that I was saying, um, we all have anxiety. We are all anxious people. Some might have anxiety um, worse than others. And if scripture is something that you turn to for that, fantastic. Keep going for that. I'm not going to say that that's wrong to do. It Scripture doesn't always bring me um, solace and comfort. Sometimes it makes me more anxious. But what I've said, um, getting the medicine that I've used, um, I cannot say enough how medicine has helped me um, tremendously. Even some of, you know, when I talk to my doctor, she's like having just positive thoughts about yourself, positive thoughts about your family, positive thoughts about the things that make you happy. Even what makes you happy is getting up every morning, having a cup of coffee and just reading a book. Do that, you know, do something that makes you excited. Take a walk or, uh, around your community. You know, if you need to go take a run, whatever, if you go sit down with a friend and have a beer, if that calms you down, do it, do all that kind of stuff. But being community with one another, that's obviously in the revolution community. We're about community. We're about, and I tell people, we as humans are not meant to be alone. We're meant to be in community. We're meant to have conversation with one another. So, uh, please, please reach out to me. Anybody, uh, if you need a friendly ear to talk to, obviously I'll keep it confidential. Um, but we're, I'm here for you. I know Jay and Caleb doing the other revolution is here for you. Um, and I love you guys. I really do from the bottom of my heart. Um, and so that's pretty much all that I have. Um, if anybody has any comments or want to say hi or whatever, I'm sorry 
if I'm kind of spacey looking at the screen because our video went out, but as you guys can still see me, that's great. Um, so yeah, I'm just going to turn it over to Curtis. Uh, yeah, so um, really the only comment so far has been uh, pointing out that we had some technology anxiety uh, while we were doing the show. Here, <laughs> That's very true, uh, very about true. About anxiety. Um, so maybe there'll be some more that roll in. But I had just a quick comment to make, which is the fact that um, there's Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Mm-hmm. There's a guy named, I forget his first name, but his last name's Maslow. And uh, in the 40s, he came out with this theory that says that uh, humans need to um, have a... Or they kind of progress through different stages of development. And the very base of this pyramid that he he made, uh, which you need to have that base be met before moving forward, Mm -hmm. is that you need to have things like uh, a roof over your head... Um, an ability to eat and drink, um, just really basic stuff like, uh, what else? Uh, you need warmth, you need mm-hmm. water, you need rest. And um, he says if you don't have those things, you can't really proceed to being able to worry about safety, to worry about uh, having good friends and intimate relationships. You can't be thinking about prestige or feeling of accomplishment or about the top of the the rung is about self-actualization and achieving your full potential. Um, But what what struck me about the verse that you read is that Jesus is going right to the base and he's saying, don't worry about any of this stuff, even the very bottom. Don't worry about food and don't worry about shelter. And it's like, Easy for you to say when you can multiply fish and feed 5,000 people. Yeah. Or easy for you to say when you can sleep outside every day of the year because it's nice in Israel <laughs> yeah. uh, outside. Uh, whereas, you know, here in in my reality, I can't multiply food and I can't sleep outside most of the year. <laughs> so, <laughs> No, I think that's a very, very good point, Curtis. Um yeah, I mean, that's exactly what you were saying. It's kind of the same thoughts going through my head is, um, yeah, good for you, Jesus, because you, you can heal things or you can do miracles. You created five, you know, loaves of fish and food for people. I can't do that. Last time I checked, I'm not a miracle worker. I'm not, I don't have divine powers. And yes, I understood, you know, it's like, oh, you know, God or Jesus you know, if you give that to Jesus, all it almost seems like this frou frou, like God's gonna make everything okay and great. And I'm like, I don't believe that in a God that is that I don't know, that it's that basic and easy. I think that um looking at it as I look at myself as a human, and I know you look at yourself as a human as what you just said, like we we can't like poof, we're not magicians or or these, you know, divine people who can do that and so yeah reading reading that scripture does give me anxiety because i was like yeah we are as people we're gonna have anxiety about where am i gonna sleep i need you know just down the road from where we're recording there's a huge homeless encampment you know with tents and all that stuff and you know it just snowed like four inches the other day and 
is all that snow going to, you know, that's their house. That's their home. Are, you know, I worry, are they going to have food? Are they going to be warm? Um, my Our heat in our building is an old building. Some nights when we don't have the heat working properly through our, our, our heating registers, it is downright cold in here. And I'm inside. I Sometimes I wear, you know, gloves or like a scarf just because I'm cold. But then I look at these people down the street and it's like they're not even getting their basic needs met for whatever reason. And then if they looked at this portion of scripture and said, oh, you know, Jesus tells me not to worry about, you know, the food on my back because he's going to protect me. Well, they're probably going to have a very different look uh, of of that scripture than someone who's in church who's you know makes a hundred thousand dollars a year drives nice cars you know everything is going well in their life so you got to look at it in that perspective too so yeah any other comments that came uh, in yeah kate said uh thanks for your honesty i really appreciate hearing your story and said that they're, they've been working through anxiety issues as well thank you kate yeah yeah um, and I had one more comment. So uh, it seems like there's a really odd um, situation where if you have high expectations for yourself of I shouldn't have any anxiety at all, then that you get anxious about not having anxiety. Whereas if you have the expectation that it's my, my friends, the people I look up to, all of them have anxiety, and so I'm not alone. Uh, I think that it makes it so you have, in, in a weird way, you lose anxiety when you realize that it's okay to be anxious. Like, you yeah. you have, uh, you're just one of, you're, you're living the same human condition as everybody else is, and it, it seems like a weird thing with anxiety that if you worry about not having it then you're adding to it Mm -hmm. whereas if you don't worry that much about the fact that you have anxiety then you have less anxiety and uh seems like a weird conundrum yeah it is a weird conundrum but i think i i'm following you of like having Worrying about not being anxious makes you anxious. Yes, in a lot of ways, and and that's true, and that that happened to me. That's happened to me numerous times. I'm like, I shouldn't have anxiety. I shouldn't be anxious. I have all these things going for me in my life, and then I'm like, well, crap. That's still giving me. <laughs> that's still giving me anxiety. I still have that anxiety, and for me, you know, everyone's different. I, like I said, and the whole point of this talk was, I'm not going to give you this magic eight ball answer of like, yes, I know this worked for me so it's going to work for Curtis it's going to work for my wife or it's going to work for whoever it's just, it's a daily process it's a daily grind but i do think unfortunately anxiousness and having anxiety is part of the human condition but i think we can greatly reduce it by doing other things in our life um like as i said you know a whole host of 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 these things that you can do, meditation, talking with friends, going on a run, so on and so forth. Even reading scripture, if that's something that you want to do. So, yeah, uh, I guess one thing, a couple things before we wrap up, and if there's any other comments. Obviously, if you're not watching this live or you're coming back to it later, feel free to write comments on there. I go back and look at the comments. 
um, as well. There is a private Facebook group I started for the Revolution Church Minneapolis community. Reach out to me if you're not in there, if you want to be, and I'll add you in there and we can um, add, you know, to the conversation. Because this isn't something that's just like a normal church where you just, you know, the preacher talks and then he or she, you know, doesn't connect with you. And obviously, we at Revolution Church Minneapolis really want to connect with uh, our listeners and we really always appreciate the love. So continue with the comments if you want to. Um, and but also the one thing I want to say as well is um, our our these episodes. Yes, they're on Facebook. They're on Facebook Live. As soon as we end this, they'll be posted. It'll be um, archived for you to watch within probably five to ten minutes. However, um, thank you to Caleb Rowe. Shout out to Caleb out there in Seattle. I have been sending him the the audio part of this um, from our recording, and he's putting it up right now um, on our Sacred Collective podcast feed. Uh, Sacred Collective is the podcast that I co-host, and I've kind of been putting that on the back burner as I do Revolution. It's something that we're still going to do. So some of the new episodes that are coming out on Sacred Collective are our previous our previous talks that I have given. So if you don't have the time to just watch this video on Facebook. I understand that. Or you might not have the greatest internet connection where you're at. Go and download Sacred Collective. Um, you can listen to the other episodes. Please do if you want to. But these conversations um, are going to be up there. Um, and they're kind of like a week or two behind. So the one that was posted today was from two weeks ago. Last week's talk will be next week and so on and so forth. So that that's a caveat on that. I'll, I'll post it on Instagram, too, or I did this morning about that. Uh, last thing, I hate asking this or saying this, but anybody knows we're trying to incorporate this slowly into a uh, religious nonprofit. Um, we can't do this without donations from from people like you who are listening. I don't have – we don't have a website up yet. There's something that um, we're working on currently. I know Curtis and I are going to talk about it, and, among others. But if you do feel like donating, connect with me somehow. Um, I know my wife and I have a PayPal account set up somewhere that, and that will obviously that'll go directly into um, the pot or to Revolution Church Minneapolis. We're in the talks, like I've said the last couple of weeks, of talking with Bryant Lake Bowl about meeting face to face again. Um, anybody who's following the news knows that COVID is running rampant or all over the world and Minnesota unfortunately is one of the hot spots so they might a lot of these bars and restaurants are very hesitant and leery of opening their doors up to to outside groups so it is something that we've talked about it's something that's slowly in the progress but we do need donations so we can pay for places to to um, meet when we're going live and also for the gear that we have because that's not ex- that's not cheap to have and and just you know it costs money to host um, stuff on for podcasts. So any anything any spare change, anything would be greatly appreciated. We couldn't. I hate even asking that, but anybody knows who knows to fundraise and stuff is not a, some fun thing to talk about. But it's something that um, we need um, very desperately. So thank you for tuning in this week um, for Revolution Church Minneapolis. We'll be back. I'm going to say a caveat. Um, it's coming up on Christmas season in a few short weeks, and I'm just going to say this right now. Like the week week or so before and after Christmas, I'm 
not going to do Revolution Church Minneapolis live. I just want to take that time to be with my wife and my daughter and just time away from work. And I hope everyone can respect that and appreciate that. I'll probably be saying that in the next few weeks. And just to everyone else to, to be with your family and friends, if you can, um, over that you know Christmas season. Um, so, yeah. So thanks, everyone, for listening. Um, and we'll talk to you next time. Bye, everyone. That was a post-Christian podcast. <laughs>